Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. It's beginning to look more like Christmas every day, which makes us all happy. Without a doubt, you're probably sick and tired of this pandemic as well as politics, so we're not even going to talk about politics at all right now. But I'm just thinking about happy times because as I look back at the format of my show, if you want to listen to bad news or news that's going to upset you or anger you, just turn on the news every day, right? And I wanted something that was an alternative to that where it would give you a chance to reflect, to laugh, to reminisce, and maybe you learn some things, but most of all, to lift you up and inspire you. So in a lot of ways, this is therapy. Just consider it sort of life coaching for me and for my guests that I have in studio. So I really thank you for listening in today. And as you well know, this we've been through tough times, but before I go into the tough times and what we're going to do about it, I always begin with my honorable mentions for the month of November. This month, November 11th, we celebrated Veterans Day. And greetings to all my fellow veterans out there. I was very blessed to have served for 24 years active duty in the Navy. I come from a long line of servicemen and women. My father and his uncles joined the U.S. Navy in the 1940s. They were enlisted men. And then I've had a series of aunts, uncles, cousins who also joined the Navy, Army, Air Force, and the Coast Guard. We don't have a Marine Corps officer or enlisted out there yet. But when I tallied up how many years we served in in my family, the Mariano clan, is over 200 years of active duty. We've had only one death on active duty, and it was my cousin, Jude, who died about 10 years ago when he was stationed in Qatar. He was a computer IT guy who was stationed there in Qatar with the general, with his command staff group. And he died in a motor vehicle accident, unfortunately, and came home in a casket with the American flag. And I I spoke at his funeral in California, and it was heartbreaking to see his father, my dad's younger brother, in the row in front of me have to bury his youngest son. So I honor all those veterans out there and their sacrifice for our country. God bless you all. The other anniversary that I have this month, November 11th, is the anniversary of my private practice. I opened my practice 15 years ago, November 11th. I had no business background whatsoever. I just wanted to start a concierge practice that tried to aim to offer presidential quality care to all my patients. And it has, God willing and thanks to God, done very well over the years. And I started with about... 80 patients, and I have over 300 patients. And many of, oh, I would say a third of the patients who were with me in the beginning are still with me. They're still alive, and they're doing well. They're in their 90s, and they're doing well. So it's I'm blessed to have that and to continue to practice medicine. It'll be 30, actually 39 years this year that I've been a physician. It's a long time. The month of November has a lot of birthdays, just like September and November is just the same, lots of birthdays. I want to recognize the following friends of Connie. I have Anne Smock Moebius, who turned 80. She lives in Snowmass. She lives here in Arizona. And one of the things I, I love about Anne, she is an uh, incredible, good Christian lady, great attitude, very positive. Her husband was a physician who died about five years ago after close to, I would say, 50 years of marriage. (laughs) And she remarried this year in February, and her husband uh, will turn 92 in in about a week. So congratulations to both of them for their longevity. And I asked her daughter why why does she think her mother has lived so long? And she says, my mom has incredible faith. She met her husband, her second husband, in church. They, he came to church at Snowmass Chapel. He asked if anybody was sitting with her. He sat beside her, and their, their relationship took off, and he married her in February around Valentine's Day. So what a great love story. Other birthdays this month, Kathy Hanrahan, Tom Scaglione, Ronald Burns, Dave Pepper, who is married to my associate in my office, Dr. Patty Pepper. Happy birthday this month to Margie Jones, who turned 90. 
I've known Marjorie, Margie, uh, since since I was 17. She is my first mother-in-law. She's married. To, she was the mother of my ex-husband Richard, and she's always will be Grammy to me. She is the the grandmother of my children, the great grandmother of my grandchildren. So, and just amazing lady. So, love, lots, lots, love to you, Grammy. To Judy McGuire, happy birthday, Kathy Edwards, Carol Sturman, John's sister Janet Hill up in Canada, happy birthday. Mark Brinkmeyer, who's a friend of mine who wants to make it to 100. We're going to help him make it to 100 years of age. He's still not there yet. I think he's in his 70s. Margaret Houston, Sarah LaBelle had a big birthday this weekend. Greg Wiley's birthday is coming up tomorrow. Happy birthday, Greg. Clue Lewis, Stephanie Hahn, Bill Nath in Texas, Bob Parsons, Frank Brown, and last but not least, one of my oldest friends, Vicki Valdez Moon, who is in California. She and I grew up together. Our dads were both in the Navy together. We met in Honolulu, Hawaii when we were stationed in Pearl Harbor. Then we went to Washington, D.C., where we went to St. Catholic School, <clears throat> and then reunited again in California. So she truly is one of my oldest friends. We met when we were five years old. So those are all the birthdays. But the big thing about November is Thanksgiving, which will be next week, next Thursday. And it's different, as you all know, because of the pandemic and everything's going on. Family gatherings are going to be really tough because we don't want to spread this virus. Most of all, we don't want to give it to the vulnerable who are the older members of our family. I always tell people, be conscientious, because even though you think you're not spreading it, you don't know, because a lot of people are asymptomatic, they don't have symptoms, and that we find that those who have the virus who don't have symptoms at the onset, if they do get sick, they start the symptoms, usually they're spreading it 24 hours before onset of symptoms, they are their most infectious 24 hours before they actually become sick. So even though you may not feel sick, you may be harboring the virus, and I worry, you say, well, you, you may survive. I mean, 99.6% of people survive. But my fear is that if somebody has it, they go meet somebody else, and that person goes and hugs grandma, grandpa, then they get it, and then they're in, in really bad shape. One of my patients has a, their mother and stepdad were exposed about two weeks ago to a stepbrother up in Idaho. And the mother and the stepdad both got COVID. They were very sick. And they got infected. And then they found out later that the, the stepbrother did have it. He wound up in the ICU. And then a mom, grandma and grandpa got it. So again, you may not know. And you know how highly infectious it is. And if you're vulnerable, you don't want to be passing it to people who are going to get it. So what do you do about Thanksgiving? And I had a lot of patients ask me. I said, keep it to a bare minimum. I'm, I know it's, it's hard because you want to have everybody there. <laughs> if you are having family come from out of state, Please get them tested, and I, I know it's a pain, but if you really want to gather everybody, there are people who want to play it safe. They are getting people antigen or nasal swab tested. There is a rapid antigen test that's available that will get results back in about 15 to 30 minutes. It's an antigen. There's about a, uh, it's about 95% sensitive for picking it up, so there's a 5% false negative rate that's falsely negative. In addition, also still practice the social distancing. I know, you know, you, you've got to take your mask off to eat, but if you're going to eat and you live in some place like Arizona, like we do, dine outside, dine out on the patio, not indoors where you're breathing on each other. It's You get this virus from respiratory secretions. If you cough, you sneeze, obviously, into somebody's face. If you kiss them in the face, that will do it. It's, the, it's from your breath. It's from your secretions. It lands in their eyes, their nose, their mouth. Bang, they get it. So we want to avoid that. Dine outdoors in cooler areas. Put the heaters outside. Do that. Again, family out of town, limit the number. Get them tested. And I think people are getting that. The ones at risk in the nursing homes and assisted living, you know, celebrate virtually. Uh, a lot of people are used to doing that. The other is to make it a good holiday. Do not talk about politics. Do not talk about the news. Talk about what you're grateful for, that you survived eight months of this so far. And I also say be hopeful, right? We've got two vaccines rushing to be approved to get emergency use authorization. Moderna and Pfizer are in the race to be the first to come through with it. 
to get emergency youth authorization. We're hoping by the end of this year, they will get those vaccines rolled out. It's a whole different type of vaccine. It's a whole different type of science. Instead of pieces of viral particles, we are using messenger RNA. I'll do another show in the future about messenger RNA. It's going to revolutionize what we do, not only in vaccine therapy to get things out sooner, but how we practice medicine. So we're using the genome of the, of the virus because they've sequenced it and targeting the messenger RNA in our cells to react, to respond, and identify to the virus if we get exposed. So it's a whole different way of using science. And I encourage young kids out there, they go, well, what field do I go into? You know, if you want to get a job that always will have good security in the sense you'll always be employed, go into science. And look what you're studying now. You're looking at science in action, how we solve problems using science. So look at that. So focus on that. But right now what I'm seeing in my practice and among my friends is fear and anxiety. Lots of that. I've, I've spoken to so many patients this week by phone and as well in my clinic or by Zoom, and they're combating fear of the virus but anxiety about what happens next. And you combat that with information that you can trust. What can we trust, right? So the fact we've got vaccines. And realize, too, the pandemic doesn't last forever. Hopefully in it, within the next, you know, the year ahead, we will see this calm down. When can we return to normal? Probably in a couple of years. People are predicting 2024. We'll see. I know there's a lot of literature looking at when normal will be, when we can unmask, when will that be? We, you know, we're figuring this out as we go along, right? The last time they had this was in 1918. Mm-hmm. And it's a different type of virus. This virus attacks elderly and frail. The virus in 1918 attacked young men coming back from the war. It attacked young, healthy people. So we're working so much on getting this resolved and finding not only ways to identify it, treat it, because we're seeing now, even though our numbers are up, we have fewer people dying like they did eight months ago. We're looking at different ways rather than instantly putting people on ventilators. They're using oxygen. They're not landing them on a ventilator right away. They're using dexamethasone or decadron. They're using radizomir. So they're using other ways of modality that they're finding science that supports what to do. But what can we do about it? You know, combat the fear, try to reassure people, do your best to protect yourself and protect others, right? That's important. But one of the things that we've seen that has been disrupted, not only with our health, which is vital, but it's with our wealth. And what money you have saved, you know, you try to save that. But there's a lot of people out there, as you know, have lost their jobs. Our economy has been impacted considerably. The people have been furloughed, laid off, fired. Businesses have gone away. Businesses have gone bankrupt. If you were fortunate to have your job, your job has been altered for many of you because you work from home. WFH, right? WTF, WFH, you work from home. And they've done surveys about people who work from home now, and they ask many of them, do you like working from home? And the majority of people like it. They like the fact that they don't have to get dressed up. They don't have to get in the car. They can, they can get things done more. They're actually more productive. And for working parents, it's been a plus and a minus. There are some who would like to go to work and have their back and have the kids go back to school. But there are others, I know, like my son and his wife, who are happy to be home with the little ones to have my son at home, working at home in his private office and and doing that. So, So there are good and bad things regarding that. But, you know, what is it about the finances that has impacted people? They've done surveys, and there was a survey back in September where they asked Americans, how has COVID impacted you? And they have said that 84% of Americans surveyed in September said they were experiencing some type of stress, financial stress related to COVID. So I want you to hold that thought about financial stress in COVID. And we're going to come back after this quick break with our in-studio guest, my banker and my friend, but she's a wonderful banker, Nancy Kennard from National Bank of Arizona. We'll be back after this break to talk about covid impacts on finances and banking and what you can do to protect your finances. So stay tuned on House Calls.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. This is the time that we always talk about our priorities in life, and I always look at what I call your time, your talent, and treasure, the three T's, right? If you're blessed, you've got plenty of time, you've got your talent. But what I call that, your talent, is also your health because you've got to have good health. That's a blessing to have, and it's something we work for. But also your treasure, and that's really your wealth or the money you put away, you save, but it's your everyday finances. And as we were talking about the first segment, so many people have been negatively impacted by this pandemic. They've lost their jobs. Their companies went out of business. They've been furloughed. They've been cut from that. They've really been suffering. And our, our in-studio guest, Nancy Kennard, is somebody who's very aware of that because her bank has really helped so many people, especially during this time. And let me give you Nancy's bio, and I'll tell you how I met her. Our guest is Nancy Kennard. She is the vice president of, and private banking relationship manager for the National Bank of Arizona, and as I call it, the Bank of Nancy. <laughs> That's how I remember it. She, uh, In this role, Nancy provides sound financial guidance to her clients, enabling them to make quality decisions that result in the realization of their financial goals and aspirations. She's committed to going the extra mile, and I know that's true because I've emailed her at night and on weekends. She goes that extra mile to provide the best service to her clients, and she spends more time focusing on what really matters to them. Actually, she's helped people who weren't members of her bank, so she's really done some amazing things. She has over 40 years of banking experience. She's a graduate from the University of Oregon Elementary Education with a bachelor's degree, so she was a teacher. Uh, she has a management program uh, degree as well, Credit Union National Association, Pomona College, Claremont, California. But I met her through her community involvement. 
Over 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, I met Nancy at a women's event in Carefree. And I guess I was the guest speaker. And mm -hmm. in one of Nancy's capacities, she is so involved with our community as an active member of the Arizona Perinatal Board of Trustees, the Charter 100 Arizona Group, the National Bank of Arizona Women's Financial Group, and the Women of Scottsdale. Uh, she's gotten numerous awards. She's been recognized by the Women of Scottsdale as the 2017 Woman of the Year, although I think every year is the year of Nancy. She is also director for the Central Phoenix Women's Group and a founding member of the East Valley Women, where she was awarded the 2014 Women of the, Woman of the Year Award. She serves on the Valley Life Gala Committee, and she's a member of the Greater Phoenix Chamber of Commerce and a member of the Scottsdale Chapter uh, Chamber of Commerce. So welcome today to studio, Nancy. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here, and I listen to your show every every month. Well, I always do the shout-out. She and her husband, Ron, are wonderful <laughs> friends. And, you know, she's been through the journey with me all these years, has known me from a long time through our mm -hmm. women's events. And I look to her because I look at when you – go to a company, especially a bank, you got to trust the people there because banking is people business. And I look at what you do as a banker and as a physician, when people come in and I, and I go through their numbers, like your cholesterol, your right. glucose, and I see them naked, I think it's what you guys do because, you know, when you go over their numbers, you know, how do you stand in, in terms of your debt, your mortgage, your finances, your investment. I mean, they're sort of an open book. They're naked in your eyes, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's where we guide them through um, where they want to be in the future, where they are right now, the picture right now, as far as their uh, financial situation, um, and what we need to look at for their future, for their future growth. Yes. Well, I think what you've been helpful to me is I'm supposed to know a lot about money, and I don't. I usually designate, designate to my husband. I said, I'm busy working on earning money. You decide what to do with it. And I used to tell Nancy, I said, just put it away so that I don't, say, I don't see it, because if I can't see it, I won't spend it. Yes. So don't let me see it. Put it away from my old age, right? But I know, separate from the levity I like to share with it, the, the sad thing is about the pandemic, so many people have been impacted. And we, we were talking about the businesses that you guys have bailed out. Can you share with what you guys have done with National Bank of Arizona with the business loans? Absolutely. I'd love to. And thank you for asking. Um, uh, a little bit about National Bank of Arizona. It was founded in Tucson, Arizona in 1984. And our mission has always been building local relationships and providing exceptional customer service for the local community. Um, we pride ourselves on providing local expertise and delivering award-winning service, and we're really involved with the nonprofits here in Arizona, both in the banking of the nonprofits, but also we volunteer a lot. We help them with fundraising. We're on their boards of directors. So um, we, we really want to give back to the community. But we also roll up under Zion's Bank Corporation, which is out of Utah. And so we actually have $70 billion in assets, um, we focus, we're in 11 western states, um, which are Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Texas, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. And for the last few years, we've been the top recipient of the Greenwich Excellence Award in banking, which is a coveted award. And for National Bank of Arizona, we've been uh, number one in banking for the past 17 years in ranking Arizona magazine. Yay. But um, so that's just a little bit about the bank. As far as what we did in uh, for the uh, for the COVID for, for 2020, the COVID COVID-19. So we were very involved in the paycheck protection program, which is the PPP. We call it SBA PPP. Um, Zions was ranked ninth in the United States for the amount of loans that we did. And uh, we helped over 47,000 small businesses. Um, 14,000 of those loans that we did were to new bank clients. So we, on, this, on the first phase of the um, PPP loans, um, when it first came out, the $350 million was gone in 14 days. Oh, my gosh. It was like the lottery. Right, right. It was, it, it was absolutely horrible. Um, 
and it took SBA 13 years to do $350 million. So you know what, what the capacity and, and the workload was that we were doing at that time. Yeah. Um, and we were doing it for our clients and, and people that needed it, the, the small businesses that really needed it. Um, of the, of the 47,033 were our existing customers. So there were a lot of banks that said, we're only going to lend to our existing customers. Zions took the philosophy on the on the second round that we're opening it up to everybody. We want to help small businesses. We want them to, to thrive in, in our communities that we have um, our banks in and everything. And so um, they basically had to open up an account, but they would call and say, I'm with Chase or Wells Fargo mm -hmm. or B of A, mm -hmm. and I can't get anybody to talk to me. And so we we reached out and really focused on that. And then on the um, the streamline loans, which are were going to be 150 million or 50,000 or lower, and it was going to be a fast um, the forgiveness application. Um, they lowered it to SBA lowered it to 50,000, mainly because they couldn't get Congress or you know they couldn't get anybody to agree on on the application. So they rolled out the 50,000. And of that, we have 29,000 of those loans that were 50,000 or below. Wow. So, um, which totaled about $540 million. Gosh. And myself personally, I funded 28 loans uh, for about $3 million. But when I talk about the nonprofits, we did 60 loans statewide for over $10 million. So it's it's all about giving back to the right. community and and working with our small businesses. They are the the, the lifeline, right? Because so. so many of them gone. Are they still in business today? Have you been in touch with them? Um, all these companies. When when I as far as my loans that I've done, I only have one, and the it, it, it's a restaurant, um, and it was three owners, and basically two of the three said we're done, so they they've you know. It's given a it tough to the business. other, yeah, yeah, it is really, really tough business to to sustain it. Yeah, they've but, really taken a hit. But that's the only one, as far as you know, right. for mine. But what a great idea that you know we're going to take all comers who wants to do it. What a great way to recruit people to your bank to open oh, those relationship. Absolutely. You can help them. You were able to help them. I'm sure they moved over to your bank instead, which is very smart. Absolutely. So that with those the, with all the new clients that we got. Um, now we're focusing on um, bringing their relationship over, helping them with what we call treasury management products, which are ACH, direct deposit, remote deposit. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, th the other things that we did is when so many of our professionals were working from home, how do you deposit your checks? So yeah. we rolled out a, 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 a big product, um, saving product on the remote deposit. And a lot of those are still in the homes of, of a lot of the people that are working out of their homes, but they don't have to go to the bank. Yeah, isn't that nice? It's, it's a great yeah. way to do it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that they could do that make it friendly for your clients. You're telling me that you never, I mean, you start off your career, you were a teacher, right? Well, how did you get in the industry? <laughs> well, I got my degree in education, elementary education, and at the time, we were in an economic downturn, and they were laying off teachers. So... Um, I put myself through college, and I always worked in retail. So I thought, well, if I'm going, if I can't get into e education, I'm going to stick with retail. Um, my sister and I both uh, got divorced at the same time, and she was in New Jersey. She moved out back out to Oregon, and she had two children. And I had one, so she bought a house, and so we moved in together. And she got her real estate license, and um, and I was working in retail, which were horrible hours during the holidays. Um, so she took her first, um, once she got her real estate license, she was applying with her, her client at a bank called uh, uh, Oregon Mutual Savings Bank. The, the manager's name was Al Nunez. And he was very shorthanded. He was answering the phone and running to the drive up and, you know, kind of, you know, shifting gears. Yes. <laughs> And uh, so after her clients left, she said, you know, what are you hiring for? <laughs> and he said, well, we need tellers. And he said, she said, I'm going to send my sister down here. So I went down and um, I got the job. And I will say I was uh, a pay cut of uh, 50%. Oh, boy. Um, but the deal was is my sister could take care of the, the 
we called it two moms and three kids. Um, she could take care of the kids and getting them to school and picking them up and everything. I worked eight to five, Monday through Friday, so she could do her real estate in the evening and weekends. Yeah, sure. And you can it, cover. It worked perfect. We lived together for over five years. Wow, it worked. It worked great. It worked great, and we both looked at um, building on our careers. What do you love about banking? Everything. Um, I think the one thing that has really been beneficial is um, banking always offers a lot of education. And, and you're a teacher. You're yeah. an educator. Yeah. And um, when I started in banking, uh, I was taking classes at the University of Oregon in business and finance. Um, and if you, if you pass, they paid for your class. So it was a free education. And, um, and it's always been a good career for me. Um, my goal when I was hired as a teller was uh, in five years, I want to have his job, Al right. Nunez's job. Right. Uh, I made that goal. Good for you. <laughs> so, um, and I was transferred to Portland. I was in Eugene. I was transferred to Portland. And Connie, my first manager's meeting, now, this is, I won't tell you the year, but you can just <laughs> imagine. Um, I walk in and my, my nice Suit, suit with the with the 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 blouse that has the big bow tie on it <laughs> and you know stilettos and I had a, my parents had gotten me a nice little briefcase and I walk in and there's 24 other managers right they're all guys all guys they what did they tell you to do get the coffee exactly oh, exactly <laughs> I walked in and I was introducing myself and one I I remember the the, the gentleman his name was Jim and he said um, are, are you going to make coffee. <laughs> And I said, no, but when, when somebody does, I'll take mine with cream, please. Good, good job. Good job. Good <laughs> but but it was, it's just always been a good career for me. And I, I enjoy the numbers. I enjoy the people. I enjoy helping people find their financial goal. Well, you're a good educator about it because a lot of us, you know, people assume, never assume someone knows a lot about it. They don't. I mean, all I know is like, this is how I make a withdrawal. This is how I make a deposit. Yeah. You know, what's a good thing? And you've helped me through mortgages and what, whether to take a loan or what to do with this. That's a, a great way to look at it because we're afraid. We don't know everything. Yeah. We have it. I mean, what are the problems that you see with your regular clients now with, you know, let's say you've bailed out a lot of people, a lot of industries, mm -hmm. but your everyday client, what kind of fears and what kind of problems have you seen them experience during this time? Um, most of the clients are just um, what I would say hunkering down. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're not uh, doing the investments. The commercial real estate is going to be one area that will probably suffer next year yeah. because so many people are moving home and office That's space right. is not being released. Um, uh, but the the biggest thing is having um, your finances and having that bailout. I call it the bailout. So when I'm talking to my clients, um, most people say have six to nine months worth of savings so that if anything happens, those little bumps in the road, mm -hmm. it could be you lose your job. It could be a medical expense or, or tragedy. It could be an economic downturn. And so it's, it's having that safety net. Right. So have how much put away in savings? About six to nine months worth of your salary put away? Just in case. Yes, You're no, but yeah. that's all your expenses. Right, for expenses to yeah. hold. Yeah. So we're going to go to a quick break. We'll come back with Nancy Kennard of National Bank of Arizona to give us some more advice about what to do to keep ourselves safe financially. We'll stay tuned for Dr. Connie's house calls in a few minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. 
who looks after the President of the United States. My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. So I'm here with Nancy Kennard, our banker friend from National Bank of Arizona, and she is my banker. That's why I call it the, the Bank of Nancy. <laughs> and the advice that she's giving me that I should probably have put away about six months' worth of what I would use in expenses, right? Minimum. 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 Just put in savings? And, and savings or money market? And just it's, don't touch it. it. And in don't case, touch it. In case something bad happens, which yeah. is a good idea. Yeah. But how many people – somebody told me an astonishing number that a lot of people – over half don't have money saved at all. There's a lot of people that don't have money saved, and there's a lot of people that live on credit cards. Yeah. So that's talk about that's credit dangerous. cards. That's not a good thing. Yeah, that's that's very dangerous because if you can't pay that off every month, then you shouldn't be using it. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you if you use it and you know, okay, it's going to take me three months to pay it off to to zero. But it's the ones that live, you know, the people that live off those credit cards as their day to day. Um, expenses. Um, that's where you get into trouble. You, yeah. you really get into trouble. It's a good warning, too, especially as we go into the holidays. People want to go shopping. You want to go Christmas shopping. And, of course, now with Amazon, because there are days during the pandemic, I never used my credit card. I was home. I was working remote, you know, made my own meals, never used a credit card. But you can always go online and order something from Amazon, right? Connie, I will tell you that I never went on Amazon. <laughs> I have been on Amazon. I bought a Ninja. A Ninja. What's it's a it? it's a cooking pot. It's like an Instapot, but it's it it's a pressure cooker. It does all kinds of wonderful oh. things. And um, you know, the one thing with being at home, you know, my husband and I have enjoyed cooking, cooking. and yeah. and being together. But I've also bought the Christmas gifts for my family, for my my daughter and 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 the grandkids. Um, and it's kind of like having Christmas every day. But the key is. <laughs> I had one credit card with a low balance, a low limit on it, mm-hmm. and that's and I can watch it. So that's the one that I use, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then pay yeah. it off. But pay it off. Um, don't accumulate debt. Yeah. You know, if you want money, don't. And a lot of people think, oh, I'll just put that off later. But you know what? Don't buy it if you can't afford it. Exactly. Don't do it. Just exactly. don't do it. Put it away. I mean, that's that's really that's the practical things that, that do that. So for relief, holiday shopping, I mean, we talk about that, trying to put money away. You know, as we're in our final segment, I want to go back to the theme of, of Thanksgiving. And as you look at Thanksgiving, I know you're going to have a quiet one with just you and your Ron at home. Mm-hmm. And what are you thankful for? Oh, I am thankful for a lot of things. I'm, I'm you know, thankful for, uh, first, my husband, who's uh, we've been married for 24 years, um, together for 28 years. Um, but he's also my best friend. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my family. Um, you know, I don't see him very often, but um, I talk to him quite a bit, and uh, that they're all healthy, 
um, they most of them live in Oregon, and so they're back on a. They don't call it a lockdown; they call it a freeze oh now. Boy. Yeah. And um, you know, so I'm I'm thankful that for that. Um, I'm thankful for my job. I love my job. I love what I do. I love helping people. Um, I love the end result when when things succeed for um, both personally and 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 business wise. Um, so you know, those those are a lot of the things that I'm thankful for. And yeah. and for our health, um, Ron had a couple of instances with pneumonia last year. You know you know yeah. that, and uh, so we're being very careful, but um, we're thankful that you know we're both healthy, and we've got a business that he runs, and you know he's got to be there every day at five thirty in the morning, and so we're we're just you know thankful that we've been able to make it through all of this. You know what I find amazing, and it's true when somebody loves your their job, it shows. I'm sure you've had, you know, you work in the customer service mm-hmm. field, and you probably have run into people who hate their job. And it's obvious they hate yeah. their job. Yeah. It's like, yeah. but it's always, you know, the, it, to be grateful for a job you love that keeps you mentally active and engaged in life is a mm-hmm. huge thing. And you can see the results of it. You know, and I look at, you know, Thanksgiving and, and you know, where did Thanksgiving come from? And I, I, you know, we always talked when we were growing up about the pilgrims and, you know, they endured that rough winter. The pilgrims came over. And they, you know, they, they came over on the Mayflower back in September of 1620, and they, it was, there were 102 passengers on that vessel. And they, the cruise itself was 66 days to get there. And, you know, they, they talked about going through the first winter where they suffered from exposure, mm-hmm. scurvy, which is lack of vitamin C, you get thin bones, and they had outbreaks of contagious disease. Hello, mm-hmm. you're in a new land, everybody's sick, everybody's sick. Talk about epidemic, pandemic. So you get there, and you get through the really tough times, and then you have a harvest. You have harvest, and what do you do? You give thanks. And so when you look at the last eight months of the difficulties with the fear and the death and the isolation of people and the economic, economic downturn and how life has become more painful and difficult and polarized and unfriendly mm-hmm. and unkind, that we're still standing, we're still here, that you, you pause, you know, you pause and you give thanks. Now, why is it so important to give thanks in addition to, you know, our tradition here in America? Well, there are actually health benefits. You know, why should I give thanks? And I, I tell patients, I'm going to write mm-hmm. you a prescription for gratitude because it's going to help you. The health benefits are proven. There are articles about it. Number one, if you're grateful, it increases your mental health. Mm-hmm. It strengthens your relationships with people. That how often do you say thank you to your loved ones, to people you work with? You make a point of being grateful to anybody helping you. Just thank them. It reduces your stress because you have to think outside of yourself and acknowledge something nice outside of yourself that you're grateful. It makes you more likely to take care of yourself if you're grateful because you're going to focus on being good to yourself. It makes you feel better because you release endorphins, so yeah. you have that good feel. Better attitude towards your work, so the attitude of gratitude helps you have a better attitude towards work. Helps life go smoother, right? You're less contentious. If you people can say thank you, the whole mood changes with that. Now, you know, I, I looked at also, well, how can I become more grateful in my life when, I, and when it's hard to do? They talk about journaling, you know, write those things down that, that you're grateful. Even when there's a tough thing about for a pandemic, what are, I call it the gifts of the pandemic, you know. And I look back and, you know, a lot of not so great things, a lot of unfortunate things happened. But the gifts for me of the pandemic were I was able to actually stop being distracted because I was living a distracted life, traveling, busy with work, eating out with my friends, just not being home, focusing on my bereavement. Mm-hmm. Because I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that later. But it really made me face up, you know, uh, the loss of my husband. Absolutely. And then and, and, and I lost a dear friend of mine in June. And again, I got to grieve and mourn that and really face the reality more yeah. Yeah. and learn to live with that, walk through that. So I got to find one of the gifts of that. Also make me realize how important relationships are when you reach out and you miss your friends. Yeah. You know, the simple things like that. But they also say when, you know, trying to cultivate your gratitude, think about someone for whom you are grateful. And I do that, you know, in my prayers. Write a gratitude letter for someone to someone when you're thankful. And I actually went to one of the 
stationery stores, and I found all these wonderful gratitude cards, and and, and I'm going to fill them out at Thanksgiving, but I've got two of them. It says, I am grateful because you are my son, and I have two sons, and you make me so proud. So Andrew and Jason, no big surprise, you guys are going to get that. (laughs) The other one is, I'm grateful because we share the priceless love of family, Mm -hmm. so I'm probably going to give that to my two daughters-in-law. I am grateful for the care you have given me, so I'm going to probably give that to Sally and Dr. (laughs) Patty, who takes care of me. I'm grateful because you make the world a better place. I'll probably get that to you, Nancy. <laughs> I'm grateful because you have been part of my journey. I have so many friends who are part of that. Absolutely. And I'm grateful for our time together, which could be a lot of the people in my life. So I love those gratitude cards because it makes you look outside of yourself mm-hmm. for the people who have impacted you in a good way. They always say meditate on gratitude, you know, forces you to be in the moment, the mindfulness. They do something, they recommend counter blessings at the end of the day, that it's an exercise. Like, number one, I'm glad nobody died today in my practice. Thank God. Okay. Nobody complained today. Nothing, you know, nobody got sick today. Touch wood, none of my patients got COVID today. I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful for the sunshine, the beautiful weather. If you can list three things at the end of the day for which you're grateful, it's a great way to to get you to chill out and, and don't look at the news, turn off the TV. Just be grateful for that. Be grateful for your family, for Ron, mm-hmm. for the people you love. And there are a lot of my mental health friends say that part of the mental illness part is it's rewriting your story. So if you write that story again in a positive vein, that I'm not a victim, that I'm positive, I'm, I, I'm gracious enough to extend that thankfulness, then I can rewrite my story and look at it in a different light. We talk about saying thank you. You can never say it enough. I mean, even to people who are the baggers or people bag your things or the servers, mm-hmm. you know, make contact, be personal. I always make a point when I see somebody with a name tag with their name, when I thank them, I thank them. Personally. Yeah, personally. Because yes. people like to hear their names. And yes. you and you make eye contact. Yeah. Make eye contact. And I like to look at my radar, my sonar, where you can sense people, like someone's having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one of my widow friends, and she had lost her husband in the pandemic. He had a heart attack. Oh. Dropped him off in the ER. He died five days later after bypassing. Mm-hmm. She never saw him alive. Everything was through Zoom. So she remembers going into Trader Joe's, and she was just so down. And the, the gal helping her looked at her, and she goes, are you all right? And she goes, well, I lost my husband. She goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And just that human contact. Mm-hmm. And that girl actually went out into the parking lot, helped her with her bags, and was just very thoughtful, that human element, Mm -hmm. that you can make a huge difference. One individual doing something kind. We talk about thank you notes. Be mindful of your five senses. How does that enhance it? Because a lot of us live in our heads, or we live outside of our body. We don't live in the present space. They talk about visualization. And then, again, focus on the good. Right now, everything's focused on the bad, Right. right? right? Be grateful that we've got a vaccine. Be grateful that we're at the tail end of it. We're not the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Be grateful that we know how to use our masks and we do that. Be grateful that people are washing their hands. And, yeah. You know, and right? distance. And distance. distance. Yeah. They're not coughing mm-hmm. in your face. I wish people would more uh, wash their hands. And I'm grateful that more people this year have taken the flu vaccine. So I'm hoping that the yes. number of cases of flu would go down. I mean, anything else you want to add for, for gratitude as we're going through this? Well, I think the other thing that I would add is... Um, I'm looking at 2021. Yeah, let's look. So at it. when I when I um, sit down with my clients, you know, and, and do a complete um, overview of their financials, um, and and I'm also surrounded by a lot of other partners that I are resources to you know to my clients. But I I was thinking about this show and I thought uh, 2021 is a time to reimagine the business model. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same. Um, and the success of any business venture is much more dependent upon the business strategy and their execution. So a lot of businesses have had to re, um, retool yeah. Yeah. And, and refocus on, on how they're doing business, especially those that are working remotely. You don't have that one-on-one and personal contact and stuff. So the question that I, um, you know, came up with three questions that I thought were, were, were something that I'm going to use with my clients. And it's, what do my clients value most about the experience and relationship that they have with National Bank of Arizona and with me? What do they need? What, 
what is 2021 going to be? You know, um, because there are so many, uh, you know, changes. And make sure that um, they know that I value and, and are, are there for any type of financial um, support that they're going to need. Um, you know, once they identify and then, you know, start focusing and executing on their goals. Um, and then the, the second question that I came up with is, um, given the demographics of my clients, what are the key challenges or issues that they will be facing over the next 36 to 60 months? Don't just look at next year. Mm-hmm. Look out to the future. What is, what it, what is going to happen? And, and I think the upcoming challenges and issues that are, are going to take on a much higher sense of urgency with, with you know, businesses and, and clients. And I also need to know what my clients are contemplating and spending time so that I can help them chart their path for navigating through these challenges and, and circumstances. I mean, every day you, you don't know what is going to happen, you know. And so it's just, just to, to be there to, you know, to help. And then the third question is, what are some of the unique and differentiating service models that my client's demographics has experienced beyond the work that they do? I mean, 2020 was unusual. Right. 2021 is going to be even 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 more, more different. Yeah. Um, so in 2020, we we had to make a number of changes in technology, mm-hmm. touchless experiences. And upgrade the service levels because you're not having that one-on-one. So you need to be reaching out, you know, phone, email, you know, whatever. And then, um, you know, I care about creating a wow experience with my clientele. Um, And and I have a number of, you know, ways to, you know, to differentiate the service model that they're they're wanting. Um, And uh, just evaluating the way that it's, it's made me raise my game so to speak, and also to think outside the box because you're not doing the one-on-ones that you yeah. did. It's changed a lot. It's changed a lot. Well, and thanks. With that, those are all great things that you know we look at not only for what we've seen this year, but planning the next year. So we're going to wind down our show, and, and I want to thank you, Nancy, for your words of wisdom in banking, but also finances and ways to do practical ways, yeah. not only during the pandemic, but what can we do better as a result next year. So to my listeners, I want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Be safe. Focus on your health, your wealth, your safety, and your kindness towards each other. Have a great Thanksgiving. Listen in next next uh, month on House Calls, uh, but I wish you the best, and God bless you all. Take care. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.